0: In 1986, I was about to graduate from Purdue University. I had big plans. I was going to start law school that fall. Everything was set. I spent the past few summers working in national parks around the country. And for that summer, not knowing what my plans for the summer would be, I decided to apply to Alaska. It's an exciting adventure summer. So I sent an application into Klondike Gold Rush National Historical Park in Skagway went by and then one day in the spring the phone rang and it was the pack asking me if I was interested in working there that summer I was but there are two catches the first is that the job would start in early May before I my my graduation ceremony would occur so I miss out on the long anticipated much yearned for ceremony the second was that the job would go till September, which means it would be after Alaska started. Too early on the one hand, too late on the other. And then I was wondering, what would my parents think? I don't really want to go to Alaska. So I called up my parents, and to my considerable surprise, I got the parental blessing to go to Alaska. A Couple months later, I find myself there. I'm telling people, the visitors of Skagway, the story of the Klondike gold rush and what had happened was that in 1896 gold was discovered near what is today Dawson City in the Yukon Territory. The word of it leaked out to the outside world a year later and people started to come up in droves to get the gold that they sure was waiting for them. Just, just pick it up. Not a problem. Scoop it in. The gold was in Canada but to get to the gold field you had to go through Alaska. Seeing as how the gold was in Canada, the Mounties were in charge and they were worried about tens of thousands of people showing up without enough food and mass starvation would would occur. So they made a very wise rule. They said you cannot enter the Yukon unless you have a year's worth of food to eat. And think how much a year's food would weigh in addition to the blankets and the shovels and the clothes and the pickaxes and all the things that the miners needed or thought that they needed. Altogether, there's over 2,000 pounds. A ton of goods was the term used. And how do they get those goods there? They would be dumped on the beach, and then if they went, the most common way to get there is to take one of two trails near Skagway, the White Pass or the Chilkoot Trails, up to the summit. From there, they would go down the summit, build a boat, and the next spring float down the Yukon, only to find out the gold was long gone, but that's another story. (laughs) So to get the gold up there, they would take as much as they could carry at a time, 40, 50, 60, 75, maybe 100 pounds, as much as they could carry, up a few miles, stash it, go back for more, stash that, and then kind of leapfrog it up to the summit where they put it in a big pile. So you see it was very, very hard, and it took a long time. You may have seen that famous photograph of this long line of men and women going up the golden stairs on the Choco Trail, it's also on one of our license plates. So it was very, very hard. And I was telling the story to people in Skagway, how hard it was, and during orientation they take us out to the beginning of the trail, we'd walk a mile or two, but I really didn't know what it was like. And I decided that, like a lot of my Ranger colleagues, I would hike the Chilkoot so I would know first hand. So about six weeks later, I, I started up the Chilkoot. And it was easier for me than it was for them because I had lighter equipment, because I could stay with the Rangers and so forth. But I had a problem they didn't have, and that was bears. And I'd read up about bears. I'd read the bear manual. And this is what you do if you encounter the bear, and here's what the bear is supposed to do. <laughs> supposed to do. And what there are all kinds of books and stories about bears and people meeting in Alaska. And I say meet not with paw and outstretched hand, but these encounters they generally do not work out very well in these books. And this encounter did not end well, sorry to say. So I would read the bear manual, I was prepared as I could be, and I was trudging along, and it was hard. It was steep, and it was rainy, and I was sweaty, and I just wanted to get to sheep camp and the relative comfort of the ranger station. I round a curve on the trail, and what do I see but up ahead on the right, a black bear looking at me. Now, black bears, according to the manual, are supposed to take off when they see you. You're supposed to be scared of people. Evidently, this bear had not read the bear manual either. <laughs> it did not run off like a proper, well-brought-up bear is supposed to do. It just stared there, peering at me. This unnerved me, and then I remembered what the bear manual said: be big, wave your, wave your arms, and which I did. And if that doesn't work, back up. Give the bear plenty of space to give it face. Don't don't try to encounter the bear and make lots of noise. So you know it's going to be hard to yell for a while. So I I can sing. Now I'm not a very talented singer, but I do like Jimmy Buffett songs. <laughs> so I start to sing "Margaritaville" as loud as I could. Wasting away again in Margaritaville, searching for my last shaker of salt. Sure enough, it worked. Because I went back the trail, quarter mile, half mile, waited there for a while, came back, still singing. The bear was gone, no doubt traumatized for life by the sound of my singing. The bear has gone, keep on going up the trail, I arrive at sheep camp, and spent the night there, again, the relative comfort of of the ranger station. The next morning, trudge up the slope, and finally get up to the the Golden Stairs, um, and the snow-covered boulders at the top, and it was very hard. Still June, still covered with snow, and climbing those big boulders, I ripped my snow pants in the process, reach the summit, go downhill, now there's less and less snow, and I make it into Lake Lindemann, where I was again able to stay in the relative comfort of the Canadian Warden Station and spent the night there and the next morning I take the train back to the little Casey car back to uh, Skagway safe and sound so I got there safe and sound but remember I said the bear encounter didn't end very well later that summer what they believed to be the same bear broke into someone's house in Dai. the homeowner shot and killed the bear Sorry about the bear. I still remember my encounter with the bear when I was hiking the Choku Trail, my first summer in Alaska. Thank you.